0: Welcome back, Fight Heads. Welcome back. We are here Monday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time here to talk the sweet science on Fight Heads Live. And we've been here every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. So for all of you that have uh, continuously listened to our show, we appreciate it and thank you. Uh, I'm your host, Ramon. R.L. Malpica, here to talk the sweet science with you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at R.L. Malpica, that's R-L-M-A-L-P-I-C-A, and um, if you're new to the show, um, I usually don't flow solo. I um, actually have my co-host, the wealth of boxing knowledge, Sean Heinberger, who um, I'm, I'm getting on the line now. Sean, you there? I'm
1: here. I'm here. Oh, Sean, what's going on, man? No, oh, not much. I just was uh, waiting for our good friends at Blog Talk to hook us up, and all of a sudden they said, Thank you for calling. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> I said, oh, It's
1: been a fun evening here talking on Fight Hits. Right,
0: right, right. Short night, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> good night, everybody.
0: Oh, man. Well, let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter and uh, tell them about your blog.
1: Uh, you can find me at Thoughts of RS on Twitter, of course, and you can find me at Thoughts of RS blogspot dot com. All
0: right, all right, and you know, excuse me, everyone. I do have a slight cold, so if I sound a little different, or if you hear me sniffling or possibly sneezing, you know why. But um, I'm, I'm excited about today's show, man. We got there, there's a few things I want to get into. Uh, number one. Uh, Triple G Canelo two was just officially announced. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Uh, we had fights over the weekend with um, you know Jorge Linares scoring a victory, Lucas Matisse uh, scoring a victory, and um, Alexander Usyk winning as well. So we're gonna talk about all of those fights, and um, we're also gonna talk about just the just some things about the state of boxing. You know what HBO put on this past weekend. We're gonna jump into that, and um, also what Showtime just did recently with their um, branding show, which I thought was pretty interesting. And I, I took some things out of that that I want to discuss. But um, our show has always been about the people. Um, if you, you can go to our first episode that we ever recorded and all the technical difficulties that we had, uh, the first thing we ever said with our idea for this show was that this show was for you guys. It was a show for the community, for you guys to be a part of Boxing Conversation. And, um, you know, we want to continue that with today's episode. So if you have any thoughts on anything in the sport of boxing or or anything in sports at all, uh, give us a call and hear the numbers to the show. You can call into the show anytime at 646-787-1746. With that being said, uh, I do want to announce there are going to be some changes uh, with our current format um for the past year and a half roughly 75 episodes even though we're on episode 67 we did have a couple um other episodes Sean had a couple podcasts I had a couple emergency podcasts for my garbage ass browns um so we did we've done total about 75 76 episodes on this platform um and this platform was live radio that gave the opportunity for any of you out there to call in and be a part of the show. Um, we've had some amazing calls. We've had some amazing guests. Um, you know, Al Bernstein comes to mind, uh, Steve Kim, um, Sean, you, you could probably name more. Christian, Judas G., Judas I I can't remember. One of the two. Christian, you, you know what I'm talking about, Sean. Hi, um, guy.
1: I got you. I'm just letting you continue, brother. <laughs>
0: to as recent as, as Dan Cisneros and, and many more. Um, but what I want to say is the format for this show will be changing. It will no longer be a live show every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, a lot goes into that uh, into that decision. Uh, me and Sean have talked a little bit about it um, off off offline. Um, but long story short is, you know, we're not getting the the support needed in order to support a live show, um, with blog talk radio, but here's the caveat to it. You know, me and Sean, we love the sport too much. We are going to continue to provide content, um, in the podcast format. So instead of a live show every Monday night at 8 PM, you'll be getting podcasts from fight heads, um, regularly. You know, I can't, promise how many. I can't tell you that they're going to be one to two every week, but there might be weeks there's two or three and there might be weeks when there's none, you know, just depending on what's going on in the sport, depending on what's going on with me and Sean's schedule. But um, one thing we did do in this past year and a half is build a brand. And and, uh, and people know Fight Heads now, you know, for for us to be able to have an Al Bernstein on the show, a Steve Kim on the show, Steve Kim retweeting our shows, um, you know, other, other people in in the fight game that um, don't come to, to mind off the top of my head. Um, we are in we are heavy in the boxing community. And a lot of that is because of the support you guys have given us um, and, and and helped us create a brand in Fight Heads. So Fight Heads will continue. It just won't be in the live format. Hope you guys understand that. I, I know it kind of sucks for some of you. You know, we, we have our regulars that call in. Uh, uh, Fred Landucci, I know that's, that's, that's a bummer, bud. Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, Derek. You know, but we're always, you know, that's the beauty of social media, Twitter. And, and also with technology now, the way, the way it's set up, I mean, we could always have, we could always still have callers on a podcast, per se, um, if, if need be, but long story short, as I know I'm getting extremely long winded because it's somewhat of an emotional thing. Um, thank all of you, um, for all of you guys that did put reviews on, on iTunes, um, and Dan narrows. I did see your most recent one. Thank you for that. Uh, your interview was fantastic and, and we do want to do a, a podcast with you someday as well. Um, but thank all of you. And I'm going to go ahead and, and let Sean uh, say his piece.
1: Oh, it's it's been quite an experience and it's uh it's been enjoyable and uh I, I can't I, I can't say that blog talk probably has its share in this. <laughs> I wish they made it a lot easier to maintain the current format. But uh I think in some ways the podcast will be easier for both of us to maintain because it'll it'll give us some flexibility with schedules and uh during baseball season it gives me a lot more of uh uh I, it's a lot easier because the long time listeners will know that during baseball season from April to August things get a little choppier for for me personally so uh this is a way for uh at least in that time frame for us to continue to churn out content. Uh, that we can guarantee that we'll be around a little more often. I, I think in some ways it's a good thing. Of course, it's a down thing, but like you said, with technology, there's there's some ways around these things. Uh, maybe we can introduce a way to you know get some people, the longtime listeners, the Freds and the Derricks, and and I, I know we have uh, I, I know for a fact that we have a fellow in Australia that listens to every show. Uh, my man Jake Forster out there down in Australia listen to every show. And uh maybe there's a way that we can do a thing. Maybe instead of people calling in, maybe we can introduce, just have people write in questions for us. I mean, the technology, man. Instead of calling in, write us questions and, and we'll talk about them. There's ways that we can still ha- interact with you guys out there. Uh and we'll work with you. Uh and it it's been a privilege to be involved with Remote of course and and involved with you and uh, there's ways to make this work and uh i'm just happy that we've been able to find a way to work around and keep the show going and uh it's been an honor and a privilege and i'm just tickled that we can manage to have managed to keep it afloat so uh and keep things going
0: so i'm happy about that for sure man so so one last round of applause for uh fight heads live and then let's get this show on the road man. All right, so we got some things to talk about, too. I'm glad, you know, it would have really sucked if we had to do a show like this and there wasn't anything going on in boxing. But there is, luckily for us, so um, a, a lot to talk about there. Um, Triple G Canelo 2, officially announced, kind of, you know, something we expected, so it's not like it's a shock or anything like that. But to at least know that it's solidified, it's done, it's ready to go, um, the only thing they don't know necessarily is exactly where it's going to be. Las Vegas is the leader in the clubhouse, but they're saying that Madison Square Garden in New York is making a big push. Personally, myself, I'd like to see it in New York just to switch it up a little bit and uh, kind of lean things a little bit toward uh, Triple G's fan base a little bit. But either way, I'm glad we're having the fight. Uh, Sean, you have a take on, on the rematch being official set, officially set for May 5th? I'd be
1: stunned if it was New York. I mean, I really would. I, I, I just can't imagine Oscar giving that giving that up. I mean, he still holds all the negotiating cards, and that would seem to be just giving giving away too much of an advantage to Triple G, and that would be the antithesis of everything that. Golden Boy does. I just can't imagine him handing away the home arena advantage. After all, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he got such a break from the officiating the first time. Can you imagine giving away the home arena advantage the second
0: time? That's a good point. That's a good point. One thing I did see that there is no rematch clause in the second fight contract. Um, there was a rematch clause only for Canelo in the first uh, the first fights contract. Um, and Canelo being quoted as saying Golovkin has no, what do you say? Golovkin has no excuses. He's getting his ass knocked out. I think that's what I saw. So, you know, let's, let's see, let's see. I, um, you know, I was, I was a little lukewarm. I don't know, for some reason the buzz wasn't there for this fight, but I got to say once I read that it was officially announced today, um, it, it got me going a little bit, you know, the the electricity came back a little bit, maybe it's because, I mean, if you look on the landscape, there isn't too many big time fights coming up. And we know we know that that fight is going to guarantee entertainment. And honestly, it's still one of the best fights the sport can make. So I'm excited about it. Um, You know, we have plenty of time to break that bad boy down. But, you know, for now, at, at least, you know, we we got it. We got it on the books.
1: I just I think a little a lot of why people aren't excited as excited is is because everybody knows who really won.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point.
1: It it, it happens that way, and by it was it was kind of like like we talked about during Andre Ward and Kovalev won. If. Uh, if Kovalev would have got the decision, everybody would have said what a great gritty gutsy effort by Andre Ward. You changed the they changed the narrative from what a courageous effort to oh what a bullshit decision. Well, this the first fight went from wow, what a great fight, man. What how can Canelo change it around in fight number 2 to man what a bullshit decision.
0: Yeah, you you changed
1: <laughs> the narrative and that's why people aren't as excited, to a certain degree, until they signed for it. Now they're excited, but until they actually signed for it, the the stink of the decision was still there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and, and and we'll see how this fight. Uh, plays out and lead and and how it's kind of how, how it's hyped and how it's promoted this time. I'd be interested if they're going to use the angle of um, the unhappy fan who didn't get the decision they wanted, or are they going to use the angle of man, it was such a great fight in the first fight. This one's going to be even better. You know, I, I'd be interested to see what angle they use because honestly, the promotion for the first one was was great. That commercial they made that old that old school commercial where they go into the old gym and. Um, you know they they come with their little fedoras on and all that. I thought that was a fantastic commercial. So I'd be interested well, some, to see how they follow up.
1: Well, they better put a better undercard than they did the first, for the for this one because man, that first undercard was just god awful.
0: I don't even remember who was on the first undercard. I can't remember
1: JoJo Diaz one. and somebody and Ryan Martin. They it was a twi- oh, they had four bad. fights and not a knockdown in four fights.
0: Wow, dude, it was bad. I remember it that.
1: Awful. It was awful. I was at Landucci's house and um I took the night off work and uh it was me and Fred and his wife and my wife and my wife doesn't like this stuff anyway, <laughs> so it was a long night for her. And <laughs> uh and, and and uh and Fred's son, uh who's a casual boxing fan but loves triple G, I call him Miguelito. <laughs> yeah, not, not not because not because he's Spanish, because he looks like Miguelito Lovelace from the old Wild Wild West show, and uh, he fell asleep in his chair, out like a light, wow. and uh, there were some other people there, and they were just bored to tears. Like, what the hell's the big deal about this stuff? And and it was just it was just a, a it was an awful night because we're trying to explain, and it's just like these tedious, dull, boring undercard bouts you go like god this what the who the hell thought this was a good idea
0: it's interesting you know when when i think of promoting a fight you know which i've I've talked about actually doing you've heard me on here talking about fight heads promotions and that's that's still a possibility at some point um i just think about like what goes through a promoter's head when they're putting together a show? And, yeah, obviously the main event is the, is the one people buy the tickets for. You know what I mean? But you're talk, if you're talking about, and, and for TV purposes, not even, I'm, talking, I'm not even talking about the entire card, but for TV pers- purposes, you're talking about a four fights. So you're talking about three-fourths of your, of your night, you know, being boring and not having any type of entertainment value. You know, what, what does that say? You know what I'm saying? Like, how can a promoter, you know, literally look himself in the mirror? Granted, we are talking boxing here, but, like, when, when three-fourths of his show is, you know, is putting people to sleep, you know? And, well, it, and it, that's the one part that, that will always baffle me about the sport.
1: Well, and all too often, look, and you and I are, are a different breed of cat. It's easy for us to look and say, "Oh, you know what? It, you know, we should do this and we should do that and and we we should uh we should be able to uh, pick this one and that one and etc." It doesn't you you don't have to have extremely significant fights on the undercard. It would be nice, but but I can understand the importance of uh, the the expense of having really really you know I mean it's not cheap to add you know significant undercard fights so I and I get having the exposures of a Ryan Martin or you know building or even a JoJo Diaz I understand but my God. You gotta. You don't have to have super significant fights on your undercard, but at least have some. Try to put them against some crowd pleasing opponents. Try to match them. <laughs> that it's going to be interesting and it's going to be fun. That you have to hook them on somebody. That you can hook your future fans when you put these guys on there in these dreadful matchups. Like damn, Oscar, what the hell's wrong with you watching this stuff? Like man, you gotta like it was. Who was it? it? Was Randy Caballero against Oscar's cousin? Was one of these? And oh, this is gonna be an old school hatred. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it was great. You know, yawn, snoozer. Like like, what the hell? You you if you're you don't have to have huge names on the undercard, but you gotta have something to get your people excited. And it was like, man, this, this sucks. I'm, I'm sitting there with Landici going, like, damn. <laughs> we, watched, we watched four fights and didn't see a knockdown. Not one. How in the hell do you expect people that don't watch this stuff? No wonder UFC is doing this and that, because at least they look like their action.
0: You know, you brought up a good point about significant fights. I don't think you need, quote-unquote, significant fights for the undercard. You know, it'd be good. Now, now for me and you, significant fights yes. mean a lot. Um, but, I mean, why do you think Butterbean was so successful? And why do you think Christy Martin was so successful, you know, for, for being undercard fighters? Because they brought a level of entertainment you couldn't really see anywhere else. So, I think if you're a promoter and you're putting on a Triple G Canelo, you know, you have a mixture of everything. Yeah, you hit, first of all, the the you have, you have the main event, which is you can't get much better than that. But you throw a significant fight in there, and then you throw a couple entertaining ones just to get everybody's blood boiling a little bit. It, it, and go to go, look at your roster, and if that means you know putting you know one of your guys on your roster against someone who's a bum, you know I'd rather take the heat for that and make an entertaining, you know uh, a bum but a brawler I should say. You know, I'd rather take the heat for putting them putting them in against a, a cupcake, and at least have some entertainment value than putting him, You know, than doing a Caballero de la Hoya that we know is going twelve rounds. We know neither guys really got any kind of power, and it's not. It's it's literally going to start the night off for him.
1: I mean, sure, it's not great. I get it. You know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I would much rather. You know, I, I would much, I would much rather. For you and I, yes, Butterbean, yeah, it's a sideshow, et cetera. It sucks. I, I understand. We would much rather look at this at a significant fight. But my God, if you're not going to go out and get a really great bout. Then just go ahead and just try to match some people that are interesting. Give us an action fight. If you can't do that, then don't bother. <laughs> oh, if you man. can't do that, then, then then just this sounds terrible. You're better off just saying it's going to be the main event and move on. You don't make you don't make the sport look good, given. JoJo Diaz, 10 rounds of nothing, and then, you know, 10 rounds of nothing between Randy Caballero and Delahoya, and then six rounds of nothing of Ryan Martin, and then you go, okay, well, now everybody's asleep after 26 rounds of nothing. Well, now here comes the main event, and it's 12 midnight. By this time, everybody's pissed off and they're tired and the and the uh the spread's cold and everybody it's it's midnight and you're tired and you're pissed off and you're bored, and the wife's ready to go home you know i don't understand. But it's just another way of boxing kicking itself in the ass, but that's just you know.
0: Yeah, I mean I I can't tell you how many times I've had people fall asleep on my couch waiting for the for the main event or to the point where I've had people leave before the main event because they're so tired. And yeah. it's it, and, and it's not like the main event comes on at nine thirty. I mean the main event's on especially if you're on the East Coast, the main event don't come on till midnight sometimes. So yeah, they, they, they gotta they gotta do something to fix that. I'm looking at the early odds of Triple G Canelo two uh triple g is still the favorite um let's see let's go with a williams h one of the main sports books in vegas does not have a line yet but a lot of people know bovada for the online betting uh triple g is negative 170 and canelo alvarez is plus 140 so interesting to see there um sean you have an early take on the fight not necessarily telling you to make a prediction or anything but just an early feel for for how you see this one playing out
1: i think it's going to be very similar to the first one i don't think anybody's taking anybody out you have two guys with pretty good chins um i think it's gonna be very similar to the first fight i think Golovkin's gonna win whether he gets the decision we'll see and uh i think he's the better fighter Canelo's career is going to pretty much play out just like his mentor. He's going to be just like Oscar. He's going to be a very good fighter, <laughs> probably a hall of famer. That is uh, very much like his uh, mentor Oscar, a hall of famer that doesn't win every fight. He's he's a he's a all time he's a hall of famer who's not necessarily an all time great. How's that? No, I hear you. I think Golovkin's a great uh, fighter. uh, Canelo's a very good fighter. And that's not a knock because you know what? Very good fighters can make the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I I think for sure Canelo um, has put himself in a position to be a Hall of Fame fighter. And he's so young. I mean, he might become a great elite fighter at some point, you know, just because at this point in his career – You know, he might not be able to beat a guy who is dominant in his weight class, you know, is really not a knock against Canelo by any means. Not at all. Um, For me, for me, um, there's just a couple things that that stand out. You know, I, I think a lot of the sentiment is that, you know, Canelo came on strong in the last three rounds of the last fight. So, quote-unquote, he figures something out, and you're going to see him do that the entire fight, this fight. I disagree with that because Canelo has always, in his career, had stamina problems, right? And from rounds four through ten, he didn't do much of anything besides get his head pounded back with a, a lot of jabs and was on the defensive the majority of the night. So he had in my opinion, that extra energy to put himself out there for those last three rounds. And let's not forget that Canelo, or Triple G, was very competitive in those rounds as well. It's not like he was walking through Triple G. So that sentiment, I, I, can't, I can't really add any validity to it because I can't see Canelo being able to do that, you know, for, for 12 rounds or a majority of a fight. What I expect to happen is, is much of the same, I think Canelo will start fast. I think Triple G will settle down. And I think Triple G will establish his jab. Do the It, it might, uh, literally, it may play out exactly the same way. Uh, and, I, and I can't really see any different. Now, maybe Canelo might prove me wrong, but that's kind of the way I see it going. So, like you said, I think, I think Triple G wins, um, but it's, it's whether or not he gets the decision.
1: Well put, my friend. You, you are a boxing genius.
0: <laughs> oh, man. See, he's being he's being extremely nice to me since you know the the format's changing. If this was the norm, if this was the norm, he would have never said that. Everybody,
1: I like. I, I'm happy either way. I'm just you, you know I'm just happy that we still have a show.
0: Oh, for sure, we're always gonna have a show.
1: He was gonna talk about he. He's he's he, I'm gonna now see now now he's gonna break now now I'm now I'm mad folks because he was talking <laughs> about threatening to get rid of it altogether. Yeah, it, it wasn't really a threat. It was more like an option. It was too. It was too a threat. He told you people that if you quit, if you didn't pick it up, he was going to get rid of it altogether.
0: I'm just <laughs> happy we're still here. <laughs> Uh, you know, hey, look, you have, to, you have to put urgency out there in order to get people to respond, you know, um, and, and some people did respond. Like I said, you guys have done awesome. It's just, you know, it just did not where it needs to be, but it's all good because we're still going to talk boxing regardless. It doesn't even matter. I-,
1: I love the fact that I have my good friend, and I consider you a good friend, that I have made a good friend through the boxing business in Ramon Malpica, and I have someone in my life that I can talk boxing to. It is. A, it has been a. It, you have been a huge addition to my life, and I, and I mean uh-huh. that in all sincerity. I uh, you have been, pro, you know, I and, and and without sounding like a big sith the last five years in my life, I have added so many people to my life that have added to my life. Between I turned fifty in July, the last five years of my life, I have added more people to my life that have added added good things to my life in the last five years that I probably have in the last 45, the previous 45. It's unreal that, wow. that added so much, and and you are one of them, my friend. I've never had anybody to talk boxing with like this, and, uh, and, and it's all because of you. So uh, I'm just tickled Damn. that I continue to have this opportunity.
0: Sean, no, you're gonna make me emotional, before. man. I'm I'm on I'm on camera right now. You know, for those of you who don't know, we our last episode, uh, you know, uh, our our takes on Errol Spence uh, last week. We filmed it. We put it on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that because that's something I want to continue to do as well, even while we're doing the podcast. So. Um, yeah, so man, you can't get me emotional on camera, so, but I appreciate everything you said, man. I, same, I I I literally mirror everything you just said. Um, you know, I complain about technology a lot and social media a lot, but without that, I wouldn't have been able to meet you, man. And it's been it's been fantastic working with you, and I, I do look forward to to us continuing to to talk boxing, man. At the end of the day, that's what that's how it started. And that's how it's going to continue. And you know the fact. Once I saw that you are, were a Browns fan, that was kind of like icing on the cake. So, <laughs> and all and all, and see,
1: it's all spun out from this all this little web. That look at this little fight heads thing. Okay, now now just because I got on Twitter. You saw my stuff between boxing and Browns, okay, so that you, you contacted me, okay, so then off that, and then and then Vince and Vince because he's your uncle, so now I became friends with Vince, and then there's Landucci because because he's my friend, and, and he's got into this, so now now Fred contacts you guys and it, and, and, and Beamer listens to the show it, it's become a crazy little community, all because of social media it's It's terrific. When people rip social media, and it's got its downfall, it really does. It can be nasty. It can be mean. But if when it's done right, it can be terrific.
0: I agree. I agree, man. But um, all right, let's let's let's
1: get off the Oprah show. Let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk some good stuff.
0: Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk the fights this past weekend, man. Um, I want to talk the bad. Let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. All right. So I'm going to start with the World Boxing Super Series. Good, because I'm is... going to
1: rip you now,
0: because I, I got something
1: to say about you first. Uh-oh. Go for it. Go ahead, man. Let me tell you something about this guy that I just said nice things about. <laughs> this is a guy that picks somebody to win the damn tournament Oh yeah, and then picks yeah, against yeah. that guy in the semifinals. Now sure. tell me how you do that.
0: Because Brutus looked like shit in his last fight. How about that?
1: I don't care. <laughs> you ride the horse. I've got to ride the horse.
0: <laughs> I got to ride the horse. I came with.
1: Yes, you picked the man to win the tournament.
0: Damn it! You got to ride the horse. <laughs> I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win the boxing challenge this year, man. We I'm are in a,
1: January, is... Ramon. It's one hey, fight. Amen.
0: Hey, Amen. I've been I'm on a what, a two year losing streak or is it three? A three year losing streak. You won the first
1: one, you've lost the next three.
0: I can't I can't give away any fights, man. I can't give any I can't give any fights. I can't do it. I can't. I gotta win this shit, It's it's
1: it's one fight. (laughs) You pick the man to win the tournament, you gotta pick the if you pick the guy to win the tournament, you gotta pick him to win the fight. I I should have just said uh, I'm sorry, I'm not counting that prediction. That's what I should have oh, did. On, huh? just,
0: okay. just out that's of pride, like you...
1: I should have said, that's an invalid prediction. You pick Bredis to win the tournament.
0: Sean, that's like you saying at the beginning of the NFL season, you think the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, and then by week 10 you change it because you've watched the Packers play for 10 weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like It's, it's the same thing. I watched Bredis fight, his last fight. He looked like shit. I figured he was going to lose to Yusick, and he did, even though you know, it was a, ended up being a decent fight. But... That, that, that may be, but I promise, my, I
1: promise my readers and I promise our listeners that if Gossieff beats door to coast this week, I swear on my life, even though I may think Usyk's, Usyk will beat Gossieff, I picked Gossieff to win the tournament, I will pick Gossieff <laughs> to beat Usyk in the boxing challenge. It is just on principle.
0: I got you. I got you. See, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that's just the kind of man that I am. <laughs> All right, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm trying to win, Sean. I'm trying to win this <laughs> boxing challenge, man. And that's what, okay. I don't think you're, you understand it. I'm trying to win. But um, okay. Let, let's okay. let's talk about this World Boxing Super Series. Number one, the fact that there was no way to watch <clears throat> this fight besides... Oh, my gosh. A was, it a, was it Was it a
1: grind, finding it, or what?
0: Um, I, I just, I, I, don't understand. I don't understand how you have that much money to, to award the winner and you put all this money into this, into this tournament. And, and then you also get on, I can't remember whose podcast. I want to say it was Chris Mannix. I could be wrong, but you get on a, a pretty lucrative boxing podcast and say you have multiple U S offers and then you end up with nothing. I, I just don't get it. That was the biggest fight of the weekend. And nobody saw it. At least in America, nobody saw it. Well, some people saw it, but not many.
1: You had to really want to see it. Yeah. If you didn't really want to see that fight, you had to really want it. For sure. If you saw if you didn't want to see that fight, you didn't see it. And it was worth seeing.
0: That was a good fight. Really good fight,
1: man. You had to really want to see it in order to see it. I'm going to say this though.
0: Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off, Sean. You you didn't. So, good job. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I thought you were still talking. Um, I will say this, man. I think I'm off the Alexander Usyk bandwagon, man. I, I just... There's something about... Like, in the last two fights... And granted, obviously the competition may have increased, but he's just not that impressive to me anymore. He's a—I think he's a good fighter, a very skilled, talented fighter, but there's something missing there. Um, and 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 for all the hype and for all the the adoration I was giving him you know, a few fights ago, um, he's done nothing, in my opinion. Not to say that this wasn't a good fight, because it was a good fight, and this performance was, you know, it, it was it was okay. But I'm just, I, I don't know. There's something about him. I just, I, I just don't think he has it. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of where I'm at with Alexander Usyk.
1: Ah, I see where you're coming from. I, I see where you're coming from but I don't know if I'm quite ready to say that yet. The one thing where I see where you're coming from is is he does lack a little bit of explosiveness early. He he tends to be more of a guy that wears you down more than a guy that um, takes you out in the third, fourth round. Uh, he he does seem to lack that kind of power, uh, but but I, I I don't know if I'd go as far to say I I'm off the bandwagon. I think that for me I I don't know if I'd buy that because that was a pretty impressive win for what I saw Saturday night, and and I thought Bradus really raised his stock in defeat. I thought yeah. he looked he looked better he looked better in defeat than he did uh, in his. Title-winning victory, and he looked better than he did in defending the, in the first round of the series. I thought, so I, I don't know if I'm ready to get off of Usyk, but uh, I, I can I, I can arguably see your point. He, he just I think he lacks he lacks that explosive one-punch power that we have gotten used to seeing from the really elite Euros, the Golovkins and the Kovalevs and the for that matter the Klitschko brothers. He lacks that one shot I'm going to take you out power that we're used to seeing from those guys.
0: Yeah, and when I say I'm off his bandwagon, I I'm not saying that I don't think he's a good fighter and a quality fighter. It's like I, there's a handful of fighters. I'd say okay, let me say there's probably two a two hands full two handfuls of fighters, you know, that I really get excited about watching. You know what I mean? And, and Yusick was a part of that group a few fights ago. But he's, in, in my opinion, he hasn't lived up to those expectations. But from a skill standpoint, and especially in the, the cruiserweight division, um, you know, he's, he's a quality fighter. You know, yeah, he, he did have some impressive moments in this fight. You know, winning the fight, just, just that in itself, is is an impressive feat based on the competition. So that that's what I mean by by off the bandwagon. And he's just like I say. I always say I have to either I have to watch him live or I will watch him on DVR. He's he's really flirting with DV being DVR worthy um, because I just don't. Yeah, like you talked about. You know, he doesn't he doesn't he lacks that explosiveness that really gets me excited.
1: So, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Oh. He just he, he he doesn't have that one time I can take you out of there pop. That I'll buy. <laughs> but I still think he's a has the ability to be I mean he's a high level guy and still may be the best guy in the division.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: But boy, There's I'm excited of, uh... about this weekend's fight though because those two guys do have that
0: kind of pop. <laughs> yeah, man. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun one. Assuming we can find it. Exactly. And that's, that is the ultimate kicker. But that's neither here nor there. It's just something we have to accept. It's a part of boxing. Um, I don't understand it, specifically from um, certain networks. But we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to move on to Jorge Linares, who um, scored a unanimous decision victory uh, this past weekend. I thought, he, uh, I thought he looked good. I thought he had his moments. Um, he looked much better in this fight than he did in his previous fight. I don't take points away from him for not stopping the opponent. Um, uh, his name flips my mind. Mercido um, Gesta. Yeah, Gesta. Um, because you know, you could tell that Gesta was able to take take his best shot. I mean, you could tell that he had a had a pretty decent chin. Uh, made made a good account of himself. They used to spar together. Um, so the fact that he didn't stop him didn't really. Uh, you know, didn't bring down his performance to me. I thought it was a really good performance. Um, I thought I, I thought that it was a good bounce back performance for for somewhat of a lackluster performance prior. And um, I think he put himself in position, you know, to to get a big fight, wh- whether it be vasil Lomachenko or or Mikey Garcia down the line. Um, they're calling for Lomachenko, um, which Steve. I think... which. Steve okay.
1: Kim's tweeting that it looks like it could be Lomachenko on ESPN, perhaps in April or May.
0: And I like that. I like that because I, th- I think Linares, and, 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 I, and I don't knock him for this, I think, he feels, I think he truly feels he could win that fight. And he's, there's certain things about Linares that, that make me think he'll have some success, but um, obviously I, I, would, I would lean towards Lomachenko in that fight. But there are things about his game that make me think he could have some success against Lomachenko?
1: I like Linares' offense, but I think Lomachenko will bust him up. Linares cuts easy. His, true, he's, uh, true, He cuts easy. He swells easy. I think Linares will have some offensive success against Lomachenko, success that no one other than Salido has had. But I think eventually he busts up, he swells up, and it becomes Lomachenko in eight to ten.
0: Oh, stoppage! Yeah. Um,
1: I I think it's more along the lines of cuts. I think I think the stoppage is cuts. I think he busts him up and makes him unable to. Uh, they eventually stop it. I don't think he. I don't. I'm not sure he knocks him out. I think it'll be a TKO.
0: I can see. I can see it. Um, the reason I think Linares, and, and you brought up offensive success, it, the, the 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 battle I think is going to be is Linares going to have enough time in the pocket with Lomachenko to land some of his classic combinations because that's the best thing about Jorge Linares. He throws those quick, fast, four- or five-punch combinations that are lightning fast, almost uh, – almost Amir Khan-like in a way, and how fast they are, with with good power. But is Lomachenko going to be there? I mean, we're talking about a guy with the best footwork probably in the history of the sport. Um, Is he going to be available to even catch any of those shots? Um, If he is, if he is able to to get him in positions where he can land some of them, he's going to have success. But, you know, it's hard to see. It's hard to see Lomachenko getting hit with more than one punch at a time.
1: Very, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I, I think it's a fun fight to make, and I think in many ways it might be a more fun fight to watch than Lomachenko, mm-hmm. Mikey Garcia would be.
0: Yeah, and that and that's what's great about Lomachenko. It's getting to the point now where it's not even about if these guys can beat him, It's if they can be competitive. <laughs> like is like if he's like can can Jorge Linares not quit? Like can he go a full twelve rounds? Like that's what it's coming down to, and I'd be interested to see how that plays out.
1: I, I think Linares Lomachenko may not be as uh, I, I, it may not be as close a fight as Lomachenko Garcia, but I think it will be a more fun fight to watch.
0: Because
1: I think Lenaris will, t- I think Linares will take chances that Garcia won't, and I think Linares will have offensive success that Garcia won't.
0: Who would you pick in Lenares, Mikey Garcia?
1: I think Garcia picks him apart. I think that's a different style fight than Lomachenko. I think Lenares will uh I think the result will be the same where Garcia kinda busts him up. But I mm-hmm. think the the one thing that I like about would I think Lenares has a better chance of winning that fight because the differ the thing that gives I think Garcia is a more skilled guy, and the thing about Lenares that I don't trust is is his face will fall apart, just like the fight they they were they referenced Saturday night. And it's the thing that makes me worry about Lenares is the Antonio Demarco fight, where his he gets he got far ahead and his face started falling apart, and that's always a a concern for me when he fights better competition. But Mikey Garcia has never been really tested, and when guys like Mike guys like Mikey. That have never been really tested. What happens? The guys that really don't seem to like boxing. When they get tested. They tend to say to hell with it. And that makes me think. That maybe if Linares has some success. And makes Mikey. What's going to happen when. Times get tough. Does Does Mikey have the tiger in the tank? We don't know. So that makes me think that maybe Linares might have an edge if he can keep it close.
0: But by talent-wise, I think you got to favor Garcia. I, I I agree. I mean, I think Linares – I'll be honest. I think Linares' is upside, like his ceiling, is higher than Garcia's. Um, I just think that he's so sporadic and um, has so many things that – that can work against him, you know, like the, the cut issues and whatnot. And, and sometimes the lackadaisical performance that Mikey Garcia is so consistent with his performance that, that, that you got to favor Garcia in that fight, even though I think Linares has a higher ceiling than Garcia. Cause Garcia kind of is what he is, which is consistently really, really good. But uh, you know, it, it's hard to pick, it's hard to pick Linares in a fight like that against somebody who's so consistent.
1: Yeah, and and it just if you watch the uh Lemares through the years, he he had a run where know, yeah, around the DeMarco fight where it's just he just cuts I, I hate to keep belaboring the point. It's just that's the concern when he fights really elite guys for me is is his face going to hold up and I, and that would be I think why I wouldn't pick him against Garcia. I think if you could promise me his face was going to hold up, I might lean his way. But I just got a feeling that
0: he's going to bust up and he's going to cut, and that would probably cost him the fight. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that, look, that's an Achilles heel. Like every fight he walks into, you know, you have that possibility. It doesn't matter who he's fighting, whether it's a Mikey Garcia or if it's, you know, you know the 10th well, best you, guy in the division. You saw it Saturday night. He even got a little busted
1: yep. up against a guy that's a top 20 guy. He even yep. got a little busted up, and that's a concern, and that can cost you a fight against a when, – when the skills are equal, that can cost you.
0: For sure. For sure. But, but
1: that fight Saturday night, that was a joke that that was even on television. Uh, that That's a fight that should have been on their Golden Boy ESPN card. If if that fight would have been on ESPN, it was hey, you know what, that's pretty cool they're putting Linares on ESPN. That's pretty neat. Right. On HBO, everybody's going, what the hell?
0: Well, let's, um, before, we, before we murder HBO, because it's, it's coming to that at some point tonight. I know I, know I um, tried on the, on the blog. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Lucas Matisse, who um, in a way scored a comeback victory. I mean, it's not like he was getting dominated by any means, but wasn't really doing much, but was able to score the knockout. Um, what was your impression of the fight, and what do you see for him going forward? I thought
1: the fight was duller than watching trees grow. <laughs> uh, uh I thought I thought it was boring and I think i I I've always been a Lucas fan. I thought he beat Devin Alexander, I thought he beat Zab Judah. I think, you know, uh I, I've always been a Lucas Matisse fan, but I think he's a shot fighter. I think unless you put him in against somebody that is gonna stand right in front of him, I think he's gonna lose almost every time. Unless he's so much better than that guy, like he was Saturday night,
0: and that uh, guy fighter,
1: yeah, I mean he was so much better than this guy that until the and this guy here, I thought he Lucas won the rounds because this guy was just it was a a b level fighter against a d level fighter um but I'm hearing Lucas thought I wanted the Danny Garcia rematch, man, you know, I'm not a Danny Garcia fan, and I've always liked Lucas but prime Lucas lost to Danny Garcia off the jab. What the hell makes you think this is going to be any different? <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Uh, Oscar, if you want to match Lu if you want Lucas to be entertaining, you got to put him in against somebody that's going to stand in front of him. The only elite welterweight that I want to see Lucas against that would be The only one that I can look at and say, okay, now Lucas might have a shot against this guy because he's going to stand there. I could see Lucas against Sean Porter because Sean Porter is going to stand in front of him. I don't want to see Lucas against Danny Garcia. I don't want to see Lucas against um, you you name them. You know, Errol Spence. You know, I don't want to see that.
0: I don't, don't see, I, I don't want to see. I
1: don't want to see Lucas. I really don't want to see. I don't want to see Lucas against Keith Thurman. I don't want to see because these guys are going to move a little bit on him, and it's going to be a dull fight, uh, and they're and it's going to be boring, and, it's, and they're going to dominate him. I I'm okay with Sean Porter. That would be a, that would be an interesting fight, but I, I like Lucas, but I think he he's become a one trick pony now. Danny Garcia exposed Lucas for what he was. If you can keep him off the jab, keep him on the outside, that's pretty much it. And then Victor Postal really exposed him. And that's pretty much what you've got now. You better, if you can keep him on the outside, that's what he is. And I think you saw that again Saturday night. And this is this is a guy that nobody's heard of, has no one on his resume. And I thought Lucas was ahead, but he basically followed him around the ring for seven rounds. If that would have been any – I'm not even saying top five welterweight. If this would have been a top 20 welterweight in the ring with him, probably would have been way, way behind on the cards.
0: Yeah, um, my story, I mean, when I think of Lucas Matisse and I think of, like, the way his careers went, um, just looking at, you know, the guys he's fought, the guy and whatnot, it's obvious to me that when he lost to Danny Garcia, that allure... And that 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 allure that that made him what he was nicknamed the machine, you know what I mean, kind of dissipated a little bit, and his confidence in himself, you know, went you know dissipated a little bit, and you could see in each fight after that, the Molina fight where he got dropped twice early in that fight. Granted, he came back and won, you know, and then he fought Robert uh, Roberto Ortiz, um, you know, which is in you know. saying saying much but i think the provodnikov fight you talk about him being a shot fighter i think the provodnikov fight took everything he had out of him granted he won the fight and he was actually dominating at the beginning of that fight but provodnikov being the, the and i first of all i i think this this killed both of them honestly yeah provodnikov
1: <laughs> was never the same provodnikov then lost to john molina after
0: that yeah yeah he was never the same but that fight took everything out of both fighters, and in this case, took it all out of Matisse. And, and Matisse obviously got exposed by Postal, and, 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 and after that, he's just, you know, took two, almost two years off and just has not been the same. What I saw Saturday night was a guy who just doesn't have the fire anymore. And for the type of fighter he is, once that's gone, it's all gone. And, yeah, he can beat some lesser-known guys. You know, yeah, he did get a big win over Emmanuel Taylor. But he's not going to compete with the better fighters in the division. Um, You know, if he wants to continue his career, that's great. But we'll never see the machine, the Lucas Matisse, because that guy is gone. That guy I saw Saturday night looked nothing like the Lucas Matisse I used to know.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to match him right. If you, want, you're going to, if you want a big win out of him, you're going to have to match him right. And there, and not every welterweight is going to stand in front of him. And I mean, think about it. Name me a welterweight other than Sean Porter that's going to stand in front of him and fight that kind of fight. You know, maybe Errol Spence might, but he, but he, his skill set is so far above Lucas Matisse that it wouldn't be a competitive fight.
0: Well, it doesn't even matter because, like, like, let's let's also put this into perspective. He's not a welter. I mean, he's been a junior welterweight for the, the better part of his career, and, and now he's at welterweight. So, you know, his power is not, you know, I'm not saying it's all gone necessarily, but for him to move up in weight and be what we both consider a shot fighter, you know what I'm saying? There's there's no way, I you know, even if you put him in a guy, put him in there, I think Sean Porter would just maul him. And make him make him probably quit. You know, he might have a slight puncher's chance, but I don't think he's got that type of energy, that type of fire in him to compete with a guy like that. That's going to be on him all night.
1: And, and, and you know what struck me, and and I, I'm probably starting early. We're talking about HBO. Is HBO's guys, and, and you know. I, <laughs> We're watching I'm watching this and I'm they're going off the air and normally Lampley and Roy and, and they're spinning they're always trying to put the best spin naturally because it's their guys. For sure. And, and and they're they couldn't even spin that card. They're talking <laughs> yeah, right. about Lucas Batisse and the best thing they can come up with. Well, you know what? Perhaps they could do a Marcos Maidana fight. You mean the Marcos Maidana fight? Oh, the, last, the, the last the the what was it? Was it was it a couple of months ago they were taking pictures of Maidana weighing, like, 200 pounds sitting around with Roberto Duran at a buffet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and and even if he did want that fight, isn't Maidana with Heyman anyway? And that's the best fight you can come up with?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess for Argentina or whatever, but come on. Marcos oh, well, Maidana. I would have been...
1: <laughs> if we would have been talking three or four years ago, I'd have been super excited for Matisse oh, Maidana, yeah. but but yeah. I ain't not
0: exactly excited about that fight today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm all I'm all for old guy fights, man. But that's that's just brutal. I mean, Maidana, come on, man. Uh, Maidana spent most of his career fighting at what 140. He's probably 240 now, maybe. Maybe. Oh my, my God! I more. saw that
1: picture that they were, being, you know the one <laughs> I'm talking about. He yeah. looked like he, he, he's sitting around. He's got his shirt off. He's got like three Coronas in front of him. He looked like he was at least 200 and some pounds.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. He took that money from those Floyd fights, man, and said, you know what? I'm just going to live my life, man. Hey, I
1: made my money.
0: I'm <laughs> going to have a good time. Hey, and God I bless mean, him.
1: Exactly. God Can bless him? him. He, he, he earned mean,
0: it. Exactly. He did. He did. It's your money. That's Do what funny. you want with it. That's funny, man. That's funny. But that was that was that was that those were the fights over the weekend. Um, let me well, get the numbers old, out. One there. of them was a fight. Yeah, right. Let me get the, that phone number out there. So if you want to join in, give us your take on what you saw over the weekend. Um, here are the numbers to the show. You can call into the show anytime at six four six seven eight seven one seven four six.
1: You know, I'm going to tell you something that just struck me here. What's that? I'm going to miss hearing your wife's voice.
0: <laughs> yeah. She was. yep, Yeah, that's probably the last time. That's the last time, guys. And she I never called in to talk. And
1: she never called in to talk to me.
0: No, she did not. She didn't. And she won't. <laughs> she, and now, a Triple G win knocks Canelo out. She might call in because she'll be just so excited to talk about it. But I, I doubt she. I'm, 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 I'm entirely, I'm completely disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'll tell her. I, I, I'll tell I, her I, that. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I'm like the world's biggest Ryan Malpica fan, next to next to her
0: husband. But you know, I, she never called him <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, next subject, man. Um, HBO. Okay, you you kind of touched upon their their commentary, a- a- and it's become obvious that their commentary is it's just different. You know what I mean? I'm a huge Lampley fan. I think we we probably talk about it every single show, um, but it's obvious that you know Max and Roy kind of go on their own tangent, kind of build their own narrative without really commenting on what's happening in front of them. It is what it is. I don't think it's going to change. It's just that's just who they are. Um you're hearing less Lampley now than 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 the other two, which, you know, I I'm, I'm a huge Lampley fan, so that's that sucks for me. Um but HBO as a whole, for them to put that, I mean, that was our first show of 2018, and that was a really bad show. And and, and when you see Usick and Bredis not able to get a, you know any any US network exposure with USIC actually being a fighter that has fought on HBO just yes. really boggles my mind.
1: Yes. I I thought Roy did a pretty good job announcing the other night though. For Roy that was pretty good. I, I thought I thought Roy did a really good job on the Lenaris fight. I was actually watching him going like, boy, Roy's on game tonight. He's actually calling <laughs> some stuff, and he's not talking about himself. I thought for Roy <laughs> Jones, that was a pretty impressive performance. I, I thought, and I'm not usually a Roy Jones fan, but I thought for commentating, Roy did a pretty solid job Saturday night. Uh, yeah, it was pretty god-awful. I, I can't. And, and Peter Nelson, who's the uh, head of HBO Boxing, Actually with a straight face before this card said that he thought these were fifty fifty fights.
0: <laughs>
1: oh gosh. Like what on earth possessed you to think that? On what planet did anybody think these were fifty fifty fights? Even a faded Lucas Matisse.
0: This was a fifty fifty fight? Hmm. I, I just I'll say I'll say this about HBO. They they changed up their graphics. This year, the graphics look spectacular. They yeah. are... I missed the very
1: beginning. I didn't get to see the intro of the show because, I, I, as I've said before, I I have to watch the HBO cards at work. So I missed the very beginning of the intro, so I don't know about that. But I did notice the graphics and the uh, fonts and everything, and I was very impressed with those.
0: It looked very yeah, crisp, cool.
1: very clean. Very, I liked
0: them a lot h b o is like the pinnacle like their 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 camera work they even added a different camera view i don't know if you noticed they did the one that was kind of um um a little further back at at like top rope um uh, field of view basically so it kind of gave a different look I thought that was cool their visuals are their lighting every like everything aesthetically is is top notch with h b o you can't beat it I'm not sure anyone out there will beat it it's just it's the best there is. Um, but it is starting to really wear on me the fact that I know when I watch a Showtime fight, you know, with Al Bernstein and with Paulie Malinaji, I know that I'm going to get two guys that are calling the fight in front of them pretty much 100% of the time. There's no additional narrative. There's no, uh, you know, let's let's get in an argument about something and completely ignore what's going on in the ring And there's really not as much favoritism either. You know, it's really starting to wear on me because that's what seems to happen on HBO. And I will relate it to what I see when I watch basketball, the NBA, on ABC. And you get Jeff Van Gundy and and Mark Jackson, where they don't really call the action on the court. They just kind of go off. It's almost like their own talk show to where they just go off on tangents about – stuff that's happening in the NBA, or new rule changes or this guy talking about this guy, they're not really calling the action on court. Yes. That's what and, I'm to. I I I
1: I kind of compare it and you're much more of a of a hip hop guy, but I kind I'll I'll compare it to music. It, it's like you're sitting in a music studio and you have one group and you and you say we're going to play a song and you have to, you, you give one set of musicians in one studio and you have another set of musicians in the other and you say, here's a song, play it. You have, go. And one set of musicians plays the song and they play it in two minutes, 30 seconds and they play the song and and they play it exactly by the music. And the other set of musicians play the same song and they play it in five minutes and they go on riffs and they play it, you know, they add their own little thing and they add... You know, the uh, they play it by flow and by this. and They add their own little variants, and do, uh, they add their own little themes to it, and it, they add the flourishes to the end. It, it's just a different way of doing the same thing, and uh, HBO's guys just do it. It's a different standard of doing things. If HBO – if Showtime just had a good blow-by-blow guy, it wouldn't even be close. <laughs> Yeah, Mario you know. Allo seems like a very nice guy who just doesn't know a damn thing about boxing, and, and I, he, he really does. He seems like the kind of guy that if you met him, you'd really like him. He seems right, like a right. very nice man. He just doesn't know anything about boxing. He's the Gus Johnson of boxing, and we really don't need one of those. It's always
0: and,
1: always trying to artificially pump up something that's not there.
0: Yeah, what was it? Um, what was the what was the, the most recent Showtime card they had? It was um, Errol
1: Spence the fight.
0: Yeah, and he was he was talking about you know Errol Spence, Keith Thurman. He's like, it's almost like we have a modern day four kings here in the welterweight division, and he's including Jeff Horn in those in that four kings. And I'm lit. I'm sitting here like, are you are you? I mean, I've heard of hyperbole, but that is beyond <laughs> anything to even compare. I mean, even Keith Thurman. To throw him in, you know, a conversation with Danny probably, Garcia is a king? Yeah, you know, to, <laughs> to compare those guys. I mean, even Spence at this point, you can't compare those guys with, I mean,. <sighs> When you had Manny it, and Floyd and Marquez and, and some of those other guys, that was a better four, foursome than this foursome we got right now, man. It's just, it just Morrow. He seems like I said, he seems like
1: a ve- he seems like the kind of guy that if you met him, you'd say, man, what a nice guy, right? But he just uh, he just tries so hard to create an excitement that isn't there. That's just yep, my take on great it. Which is kind of like, I, which has always been my knock on Gus Johnson. He doesn't yeah. seem like a bad guy. He just tries so hard, or he just legitimately is excited. But it's just, it comes <laughs> off to me a bit tacky. But, you know, I love Al Bernstein. Lo- and and I, I always thought Paulie Malinagi as a boxer, I watched his fights and go, oh, my God, it's the same damn thing all the time. But as an announcer, I really like him.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic. And,
1: yeah, and on HBO, you know, Roy's Roy, and I always liked Kell. I, I, my problem with Kellerman is, is I always liked Max in the studio when he did the Friday Night Fights gig, where he sat in and he mm-hmm. did the uh, opinion stuff in the studio. I Always liked him, but calling the actual fights, not not as much.
0: You know what I noticed? Like when 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 Larry Merchant was on HBO. Um, he didn't talk that much, you know, it it was very, it was very heavy Jim, Jim Lampley. And then you'd have, you know, you'd have George or, or, you know, sometimes you'd have Roy uh, or Emanuel Stewart. I love when Emanuel Stewart was in there. Um, you know, but it would, but, but Larry, he kind of picked and choose, pick and chose his spots. And, and he always had classic things to say. And yeah, obviously he had the post fight stuff as well. But what I notice now is that Max Kellerman, it is so heavy, Max, that it's really overshadowing Jim. Jim doesn't have the opportunity to make some of his classic calls because, I mean, there's so much Max, in my opinion. And then it becomes an argument between up. Max. Yeah, it becomes an argument between Max and Roy.
1: Because Larry Merchant, you always, had, this is what he was always very measured. Very, I'm collecting my thoughts. You you could almost see the file cards going through his mind. I want to make sure I say the right thing and I come up with the right comparison at the right time. Where with Max, it's a whole lot of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. Because like you've said in the past, and it's very dead on, it's the first take style of what we have today when you are on a show that requires you to never shut up you don't have any type of i'm going to make sure that what i say is measured and what i say comes across with some thought because on first take you don't think that way you're too busy never shutting up because you're across the table from Somebody else that's constantly never shutting up, and you have to scream your thoughts every yeah It's just it's a different, it's just a different time and a different manner of speech, and it's just the way it is. You don't have to like it; it's just the way things are. For sure. Congratulations, Malpica, you're
0: officially old. <laughs> All right. Um, on the other hand, Showtime, in my opinion. Is they have the momentum and they get it, man. They're there I don't know if you had an opportunity to see it, Sean, but their boxing up front show to me let me know that they understand how to take this sport to the next level. Not saying they will, because they are associated with the PBC and I would it's hard for me to give them any type of props. But showtime. Uh, you know, Steven Espinosa, those guys, in my opinion, know how to overtake HBO as the number one premier channel and how to move this sport forward. Did you get an opportunity to see that, Sean?
1: I saw clips of it. You mean you're talking about the deal where they all came walking across the stage and got the, where they announced their uh, spring schedule and all that?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yes, it's I, I much, did see some like a, of it. I, I saw, yeah, like, the highlights like, package of it.
0: You know, they, they did it very, um, very um, modern, very new generation, kind of like Apple does when they announce new products or Nintendo right, does right. when they, you know what I'm saying? Um, they did it in that, that fashion, all online stream, which is what those companies do. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the new thing, um, do everything on stream. And they, what I thought was interesting was they showed us a demo a demographic um, demographic stats of where boxing stands currently in America. And I thought it was very interesting. I actually, I got some of that stuff here I'm going to go over real quick. Um, fan interest in boxing demographic. The percentage of fans, um, sports fans of boxing, is at 30% of all U.S. adults. Fa- percentage of fans of the MMA is at 29%. And it breaks it down by every single demographic. Um, just, you know, I'm not going to go through everything. But, you know, for instance, um, I thought this one was interesting. 31% of Hispanics are fans of the MMA, but 61% of, of Hispanics are, are fans of boxing, which is, you know, pretty, you know, we'd expect that, right? That's pretty
1: substantial, but I would say that's not surprising.
0: And, and um I thought this one was interested ages when it went, when it broke it down by age, right. Um, ages 18 through 29, 30% are fans of boxing. 37% are fans of, of MMA. Um, but for boxing ages 30 through 64, they have a larger percentage and uh, 65 plus they have a larger percentage. So I thought that was interesting. Um, biggest changes in popularity of the sport, from 2006 to 2016, boxing has rose from 9% to 10%, while sports like UFC has dropped from 12% to 9%, which is a drop. Um, pro's, pro wrestling has went from 26% to 9%, a 17% that doesn't surprise go. me the slightest. Um, the NBA has the dropped. Slightest. Horse racing has dropped. Figure skating has dropped. The NHL has... In fact, every single sport except for college football and the Olympics has dropped percentage. So college football, Olympics, and boxing are the only ones that have grown in those years.
1: Hmm.
0: I'll buy that. Um, they did another one. The current market, fan interest in selected sports. And um, they they did it by... Interested and being an avid fan. 12.5% of America is interested in boxing and 6% are avid fans. UFC, 12.3% are interested and 6.2% are avid fans. So they have more avid fans. But boxing has more people interested in general. Number one in that is the NFL, who I think it was 52.3% are interested. 31% are avid fans. But boxing, here's what's crazy. Boxing is on top of figure skating, the MLS, high school sports, pro wrestling, track and field, UFC, beach volleyball, the PGA, women's NCAA, minor league baseball, women's pro tennis, horse racing, and men's pro tennis
1: so in other words it's it is uh rapidly becoming the boss of the uh niche sports, which yeah. is not a bad place to be
0: the only one that the only niche sport that's above it is nascar
1: well and and that's a different that's a different animal so that's not so bad
0: um Median age of television viewers ranked from oldest to youngest in 2016. Boxing's median age was 49, Um, which I thought was interesting. But it's one of the youngest because the only ones younger than boxing is action sports, the NBA, and MLS. Every other sport has a higher median age.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's actually not bad. 'Cause you would have thought boxing would have been older than that.
0: That's what I thought. And the last the last stat that I thought was pretty interesting was boxing television viewership has been on the rise. In autumn of twenty thirteen, they had about twenty one point four four million in viewership. In spring of twenty sixteen, that has risen to twenty three point four two million in viewership. It's amazing what a little bit of good exposure can do for you. So I just thought it was cool. I, I I thought their 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 whole presentation was was interesting. They had Charlemagne the God hosted, which Sean, I'm guessing you don't know who that is.
1: <laughs> Isn't Charlemagne one of the explorers back in the?
0: Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And Charlemagne was also, I think, somebody in Prince's Revolution band. But that's neither here nor there. Charlemagne the God, he's the host of the Breakfast Club. It's a uh, the hip hop. That was a show. fine
1: film. I remember it well. Love that deal, Emilio
0: Estevez. Oh, <laughs> uh, at breakfast. That's a great movie. But um, yeah, he's you know, he's hit, he's he's kinda, you know, he's obviously known in pop culture right now pretty heavy, especially in the urban culture. Um so I thought it was, I mean they, they seem to get it. You know what I'm saying? They it seems like they get it. They might if it not draws have...
1: people that I'm all down with it.
0: Right, right. So I just thought I thought it was was interesting when comparing like what's going on at showtime granted they don't have the viewership of hbo right now but they're doing the right things whereas an hb on the hbo side it, it just makes you wonder like with with top rank going to espn and really all they have is canelo and triple g really they really all they have is the middleweight division they need to they need to milk the middleweight division in any way possible they need to make sure that those guys in the middleweight division all fight each other. That's their only chance. Well, and
1: they're trying to build the light heavyweights right now. They're they're trying True. there.
0: True, good point.
1: Good point. And 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 I think it wouldn't surprise me if they're behind this Andre Ward ridiculousness. <laughs> Have you heard that. Of that, about these ridiculous things going on? where these Andre Ward tweets with him with his shirt off about how he's got these these tweets that hint at a a comeback at heavyweight and, uh, you know, uh, amazing shock in the world for him against Anthony Joshua. And uh, I I just – and they're, you know, they do have Andre Ward, so I guess that they'll, you know, go for that. Uh, I, they just really, they are. The problem with HBO is they are rapidly becoming in the boxing, in the boxing business, they are rapidly becoming the old guy network.
0: It's
1: <laughs> a good point. I mean, in all seriousness, and that's not a knock because you, what you said is dead on. You know, I have no idea who Charlemagne the God is, but you know, when you're trying to attract new eyes and new customers and and new uh, subscribers, and you're coming out with Charlemagne the God, and HBO's coming out with Billy Joel. <laughs> I mean Billy Joel is is old by my standards. You know, I mean Billy yep, Joel's okay. B- Billy Joel was put coming out with hit songs when I was in elementary school. So you have to, so you know So Showtime's boxing department is looking at this as being innovative and and that's what you have to do when you're number 2. You have to take chances. You have to be smart. And HBO is going the same old, same old. And you, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking over there. Somebody, somebody's either got to put some money into it or get out of it. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's the game plan. Maybe they, maybe somebody over there is looking at it behind the scenes is saying, "Look, let's just keep this baby afloat as long as we have." Golovkin and Canelo and let's just keep this thing afloat to keep the department afloat while we have these cash cows. And when these guys are gone, we'll just quietly slip away. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't sure. I mean, it sure seems that way. I mean, I I just don't see a future for them unless somebody unless there's a promoter that's going to step up and throw a whole lot of money someplace. I just don't see where the future is.
0: It's it's tough. I mean, because the problem is is they're not building anyone up. I mean, back in the day, that's what boxing after dark was. You know, they build guys up, and now it's just not happening that way. So well, if you're not running out of we're running
1: out of promoters because these networks are gobbling these guys. It was easy back with Boxing After Dark because you had these, a lot of these independent promoters could work with each other. Well, back then you didn't have PBC on a network pretty much into pretty much dominating a whole network. And you didn't have Aram with ESPN, so the independent guys could work together with each other. The Gary Shaws and all these kind of uh, the duvas, they could all work with each other. You can't do that now. It's, it's tough because these these guys now are with different networks and stuff. It, it's tough to build a guy. You, know, you saw that with Usick. I mean, they started to work with him, and all of a sudden – yeah, you know, he signs up for the for the for the super series, and I I think they've got real trouble over there, and and I'm really not impressed with a lot of what Golden Boy has. Now, a lot of people tell me that they uh, Golden Boy has a lot of big time prospects that they are a year or two away from just exploding. That Golden Boy in two years will be just as deep as PBC. Perhaps that's the case, we will see. If that's the case, maybe in two years HBO will be just fine, but for right now, I just don't see it.
0: That's the thing. I mean you see like the only the only promoter that I see constantly regenerating fighter is fighters is top rank. Like they just seem to get it. They know how to do it. You know, like they did you know, with Jose Ramirez now coming up, and with you know, say what you want about Shakur Stevenson or Mike Conley, but those guys are getting exposure. Like, you know, like they know how to they know how to do it, and and it's like Golden Boy has all these guys they signed this deal with ESPN, but they're obviously doing something wrong because none of them have have any of the stature of some some of these younger guys on on Top Rank.
1: Well, you what Top Rank also does is they go to all the Olympics. And they go the and where these other guys, the Heymans and the Oscars and the et cetera, they'll go out and they say, Okay, we're gonna sign the American Olympians and we're gonna sign the Mexican Olympians. Look at top ranks roster. They went over and they got Murata from Japan. They no. got Conlon from from Ireland. They have the uh the is it uh Facal from Brazil. So if Murata defends his title, that minor WBA title, it's going to be Murata versus Facal in a rematch of the Olympic gold medal fight on ESPN for the WBA's regular title. It, it, uh, Aram goes and gets guys that with, with successful amateur backgrounds from every country where Oscar and Heyman stupidly stick to just America and Mexico and maybe, maybe Puerto Rico if it's a certain guy, Aram goes and gets everybody. And that's why they're always so deep, and that's why they always are able to keep the talent flow coming.
0: Yep, that's a good point. Good, good point, man. Well, let's let's shift real quick, Sean. You got um, you got something, you got a topic for the old school pugilism segment.
1: I kind of do tonight. I kind of do tonight. Let let let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. We we're talking about boxing on television. Let's talk about how it used to be so much different when HBO used to be. We were talking about how wonderful HBO used to be. HBO used to be almost like pay per view was today. In the early 80s, HBO used to be like a pay per view fight. The biggest fights were on HBO.
0: Is that my background music? That's your background music, bro. (laughs) I had to play it at least one more time, man.
1: (laughs) All right. HBO used to be like uh, Michael Spinks, Dwight, Muhammad Kwawee, which today would be a pay-per-view fight. That was on HBO. All the build-up fights were on the networks. Everybody, You had to buy HBO to see that fight. Aaron Pryor, Alexis Arguello was on HBO. All the build-up was to be on HBO. And now here at HBO, the one-time Cadillac, of, of boxing television now gives you Lucas Matisse versus Tewa Karam. What dreck. What garbage. The network that once gave you George Foreman Joe Frazier gives you Jorge Linares, Mercedo Gesta. You feel good about that, Peter Nelson? 50-50 fights at its best. Andre Ward against whomever squash match that you see. HBO used to be such a great place to watch fights. It used to have such great announcers. Even even George Foreman was funny on a good day. You remember those days, don't you, Ramon?
0: I do. I do.
1: And HBO even had the worst boxing show ever on television. Remember KO Nation? I do. (laughs) That that was the worst boxing show I've ever seen. And KO Nation, however, had arguably the most entertaining Floyd Mayweather fight ever. And by entertaining, I don't necessarily mean... Remember the Floyd Mayweather-Emmanuel... Then-Emmanuel Burton fight?
0: That was... Yes. <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was
1: was a, Floyd Mayweather. Actually, that was a fun to watch Floyd Mayweather fight. It's amazing what happens when he was. Everybody knocks on Floyd, but Floyd, a junior lightweight, was a fun to watch fighter, wasn't he?
0: Oh yeah, Floyd, Floyd, uh, and Angel Man Freddy. That was a, that was a hell yes. of a hell Angel
1: Man Freddie. The man with more tattoos than the tattooed man.
0: Than J.R. Smith.
1: Boy, J.R. Smith has he found his jumper yet? I think it's I still hope so. I think it's still on I think it's still on the missing person. By the way, on a non uh, on a non boxing note, Blake Griffin traded tonight.
0: I saw that. Detroit,
1: huh? Boy, if I'm Blake Griffin, you, so, I am very angry with the Clippers. After signing uh, as a free agent, and then they and signing a contract with a no trade clause, then they trade him. To a place that just, you would have never considered signing. Are
0: they um thanks, you guys. Think they're just doing thanks a, guys? They're they're doing a fire sale out there in LA.
1: Ah, uh, supposedly this is too clear spaced for a chase of a Mr. LeBron James.
0: Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So let's get rid of Blake. So we can sign LeBron. It'll be LeBron, Lou Williams, and DeAndre Jordan, basically.
1: Supposedly, Lola, the Williams and Jordan are available in trade, so they can have plenty of space to tell LeBron, "You can bring any of your friends you want."
0: <laughs>
1: nice, nice, nice. I like it. You know, I really like old school pugilism. So, so let me make a, one more on my. I'm gonna make this a personal note, and I promise I'm gonna roll this into old school pugilism. Because I was, I was sitting around last night, kind of like remember earlier when I got all Oprah on you guys. All of a sudden, of of late, all my friends have been giving me really cool stuff. Ramon sends me the Cotton Bowl program, and thanks again. I would like to publicly acknowledge that. By the way, what a cool oh, guy you sure. are. And That's my right. buddy Derek gets me a Cavaliers championship ring.
0: Ooh man!
1: It is pretty badass, dude. I, I, I'm in love with it. It looks, it, it's exactly like it, except for the stones aren't real. I've got to send you a picture of this thing. It is dynamite. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! And then, and then, I, I, I uh, another friend of mine heard me whining about uh, wanting a pinball machine for my house, and of course, I'm like poor and am and never gonna buy a pinball machine for my house, and. Uh, <laughs> And 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 she came over yesterday, and she said, "Since uh, since you're like my little brother, and uh, and I like where would I put a pinball machine anyway until my daughter moves out?" And she said, "So she brought over this this pinball machine from when she was a kid. It's like, it's not like a it's a toy pinball machine, like immaculately kept up from 1979 with the original box. It's got the instructions and everything." It is awesome. It is in mint condition, and it's it is awesome. It, it's called Atomic Arcade Pinball, and she gave this toy to me, and I've been playing it all day, and it's I looked it up on eBay. It's worth like 500 bucks, oh, And, and wow. I'm like going, my God. I, I, but anyway, all these people have, are giving me things because I guess I'm so fortunate in life because I've been all of a sudden blessed in the last five years but anyway that's it 's going to come back to old school pugilism, so if anybody out there is listening and wants to give me something, the one thing that i 'm looking for in boxing is i 'm still looking for that barrera Marquez fight poster.
0: <laughs>
1: I still want that. I just want that for my room because they were my two favorite fighters of the age that fought each other it 's the one fight that has happened in the last 20 years where they fought each other, and I'm going like, my God, I love both these guys. I can't root for one or the other. <laughs> because normally when, when two guys I like to fight each other, I can pick one or the other. That is the one fight that has happened over the last 20, 25 years that I've looked at and I'm going like, I just can't do it. I, I like, Ramon, I taped Everything on that fight, like the HBO, the build up, the the whole—I have about everything you can know from man on VHS, DVD, whatever that they put on that tape fight. I have it, but I don't have a fight poster, and, and I've yet to see one on um, eBay. I look around. So, if anybody out there? I'm still looking for now, not not like the knockoff. I'm, I'm looking for like a real on-site fight poster. I want to frame it for my living room. And I'm not saying give it to me. Just let me know if somebody's got one.
0: Huh.
1: I'm not trying to sponge off one. I'm just saying, let me know if anybody's got one. I'm looking for it.
0: I that fight him.
1: Sean out here. That fight, that fight, I've got a shot off. Of, I have to send this to Ramon somehow. If I do, I'll send it to uh, – I'll have him posted on one of the sites. The, the, the Barrera-Marquez fight – that fight, there's a shot of them punching each other. That is the the, uh, the wallpaper on my computer. Wow. I, 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 th- those two guys were probably. I'm, I don't know if they were my favorite fighters of the last twenty some years. I don't know if they would be considered my favorite, although they'd probably be uh, right up there. But it's just I huge fans of both guys and i just could not when they fought each other i just could not pick which one i have autographed cards of both fighters they did a thing in uh i think it was uh panini did a did a box did a set like i think it was 5 or 8 years ago and uh th- both those guys did autographed card inserts and i uh i bought both of them off ebay Barrera and Marquez. Wow. And they go for a lot more now than they did then. I think, I don't think I paid more than eight or nine bucks for each one. Now, if you try to get them on eBay, I think both those cards are probably about 35 buck cards a piece. So, huh. which one of those guys did you like better? Kinda, You were a Pacquiao
0: guy, weren't you? Um no, not necessarily. I I liked Marquez, man. I mean, I like Barrera coming up. Um cuz he he kind of reminded me of Chavez just a little bit and he had the comparisons there. So I like Barrera coming up. Um but by the time Marquez really got into his own and into his groove, man, I was a huge I, I love counterpunchers and and there was not a better counterpuncher than Juan Manuel Marquez. Did you like oh, Barrera, or which one did you prefer, Barrera or Morales? It was—it's funny. I and I—I I liked Barrera at the time, but now looking back, I like Morales better. Okay. But okay. at the time, I liked Barrera better. See, I'm—I'm I'm hoping
1: that one or both of those will show up at. Uh... See, I—I I, I can break the news now. If anybody's out there. See, our man Fred Landucci has decided that Fred and I are going to the Boxing Hall of Fame weekend. Oh, in June. nice. Um, so I'm we're hoping that some of those guys are going to be up there. Uh So I'm already beginning the uh, process of accumulating some 8x10s. And I can't afford 10,000 boxing gloves uh, or anything like that. I'm not uh, (laughs) like a lot of these dealers. But I'm trying to accumulate the guys that I really want to get stuff signed by. And uh, my understanding is there's certain guys up there that tend to show up every year. So I'm uh, already starting to get excited. So uh, Fred Fred says we're going up and... uh, so I'm starting to get pretty pumped. I'm hoping to see uh, some of my Mexican boxing heroes. It's, it's funny I don't have a Hispanic bone in my body, and I have, have <laughs> so many Mexican boxing, uh, so many of my favorite fighters of all time: Pepino Cuevas, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, uh, Marco Antonio Barrera. Um, Alfonso Zamora is not not a Hall of Famer, but was always a favorite of mine. Of course, Salvador Sanchez is no longer with us. So so many of my boxing heroes are are Mexican fighters, and I don't have a Hispanic bone in my body.
0: You know, they're, um, yeah. Somebody out there
1: should make me an honorary Mexican.
0: (laughs) For sure, for sure. Oh man. So what you think what did you think of the Rock being the one that announced uh, Triple G Canelo two? Did you see that, Sean? No. <laughs> no, I did not.
1: The Rock is the one that broke it?
0: The Rock. In like a video of himself in the in the weight room posted on Facebook. He said rematches are funny things. Sometimes they're cash grabs put into work before the first fight even happens. Then you have times where it's absolutely necessary when two of the best in, the wor- in their field possibly ever met face-to-face and delivered an epic performance that didn't have a resolution. As a competitor, it eats at you, creates a void that cannot be nullified until you meet again in the ring. As a fan, it's something special because you know you're watching greatness and history unfolding before your eyes. Fight fans around the world, I'm honored and fired up to announce this rematch. Canelo Alvarez... Gennady Golovkin. It ain't going to be another draw. HBO boxing. Wow. Uh, is,
1: uh, and I mean this with all due respect. Is there anything that uh, the former Rocky Maivia, uh,
0: <laughs>
1: Dwayne Johnson, is there anything that he won't accept a buck for? I, I'm just wondering. Is he rapidly Amen. becoming this generation's William Shatner? That if you give he him fifty be. cents he'll show up on
0: your doorstep and do your fantasy draft? I wouldn't doubt it, man. He's he's out there, he's 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 milking it, man. I mean he's hey, and good for he's, him, and I mean that with all
1: due respect. I you just get the feeling that if you called Rocky up and said, Hey, uh, dude, uh, if we give you X amount of dollars, will you come up and say, Finally, the so and so select Drew Brees uh, you just get this feeling, and, and good for him. I mean, he, he has a good time with it. I, he just it seems like he'll do anything f- for the right amount of money.
0: You know. Let me ask you: is he is, is he? is it pretty safe to say he's the most famous wrestler of all time? No, no, no. Oh no! Oh no! Okay, school me, school me. I'm
1: interested. no. It, it, it's uh, no, no. It's still, it's still Hulk Hogan to this day.
0: I don't. I'm not okay. Okay, maybe I maybe maybe I phrased the question incorrectly. Is he the most famous person who wrestled of all time? How about that?
1: That's a different story. Maybe so, because you have to remember every time you say the word wrestling, the first name that comes to mind is Hulk Hogan. Like when they're when you watch a football game and you're watching and somebody says WWE, nobody says Rock the Rock. Everybody says Hulk Hogan, or once in a while Rick Flair. Nobody okay. says The Rock. It's always oh, that was one of those WWF Hulk Hogan moves. You know, I mean The Rock is well known, yeah, but he's he's become well he's almost become like like you said more of. A feature more well known as an actor more than as a wrestler.
0: True, very true, very true.
1: <laughs> he's almost he's almost become beyond wrestling. Yes, yes. I mean, there's a um, whole generation of there's a whole generation of of kids and teenagers that barely remember him wrestling. Yeah. No, I I, w- I would agree with that. If if there if you want to say most famous person that once wrestled,
0: yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Gotcha, gotcha. What else is going? On? Oh oh, let me ask you this: huh? the the Andre the Giant documentary that that HBO's putting together. Have you seen the preview for that? I have. Very excited.
1: Very excited. Because oh. for all the knocks that we have on the HBO boxing department, nobody does those things better than HBO.
0: I'm so excited uh, for that,
1: man. Nobody does those specials better than HBO. ESPN stuff is often very good, but the HBO documentaries are always tremendous. I'm really excited about that. I thought the ESPN one on Ric Flair was a little disappointing. It was good, yeah, but it could have
0: been great. You know, to me, the 30 for 30s, I think they exploited them too much. Um, I think they're all starting to follow the same kind of formula. Um, I'm really excited about the HBO one because you know, you know they're gonna they're gonna make it fantastic. And I, and Andre the Giant is probably one of the most captivating people, you know, so specifically in wrestling of all time, man. And and I grew, I was right around the eight when I was really into wrestling. You know, like I mean, that was kind of his his I don't want to say his prime, but maybe at the end of his prime. Um, and and I'm just fascinated to see some of the inside stories on him.
1: And Bill Simmons is involved in that. And uh, for all of the flaws that come with Bill Simmons, uh, he does stuff like that tremendous. And I, I thought Grantland was such a great site. I was so disappointed to see Grantland go away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Have you? Uh, Do you look at the Ringer? A little bit, a little bit, but I I I don't think it has the same zip that Grantland had. It it kind of comes off as... It kind of comes across that they had that special something with Grantland, and it's like both of them... like ESPN kind of lost... It's like both of them are trying to recapture something and just don't quite have it, you know? It's like ESPN is missing a little something without Grantland, and The Ringer doesn't quite have that without ESPN, and, you know... It's okay, but it's just not quite what Grantland was.
0: So the Cleveland Indians are going to remove Chief Wahoo from their uniforms in twenty nineteen. Knew this was coming. coming. What's your take on that, Sean?
1: Here is my problem. Okay, this is from a guy that grew up with Chief Wahoo. Okay. Mm Here is my problem. I hate the block C. If they go to the Crooked Sea of the 70s, okay, which kind of gives you the look of the quote-unquote Indians, okay, I'd be okay with it. But I hate the Block sea. If they went back to the 70s hats with the Crooked C, and I hated the thing they did about 10, remember about 10 years ago when they, when they started this stuff and they went to the stupid eye hats on everything? Yeah. That is stupid. You're not the Indianapolis Indians.
0: <laughs> uh. Okay?
1: You know, the, you, you play in Cleveland. You're not in Indianapolis. OK, the the name the, the initial on your hat is the city or state you play in. OK, I hate the I hats. That's stupid. I, I don't want to see that. I can live without Wahoo if they go to the Crooked Sea. I think that's a reasonable compromise. <laughs> but he, but here's the part that ticks me off. And this is where Major League Baseball, it's hypocrisy on their part. OK. They'll continue to sell Chief Wahoo stuff because they have to continue to offer Chief Wahoo items for sale because if they don't, they'll lose the trademark. And why does that matter, you say, for uh, for something that they think is offensive? Well, because they say if we lose the trademark then someone else can pick the trademark up and then people could use that in an offensive manner and we wouldn't have control over it. Well what the hell does that matter if if you uh if he's not worth putting on the uniform. It see it it's all it doesn't matter. They're trying to be politically correct, but they still don't want to lose the money that he makes.
0: Well here's my thing. I mean look if you're gonna if you're gonna remove Chief Wahoo, who's been there for I don't even know how many years. I mean, I know he's I grew been up...
1: around since the early, yeah. since the uh, early 1940s.
0: Okay, so we're talking damn near 80 years, right? Yep. Um, but you're gonna leave the name. What's really the difference? You're still the Cleveland Indians. Isn't the name itself offensive? You know, and not that I want them to change the name. I mean, that's the team I grew up watching and rooting for, but it, it it's like, okay, we'll do this, but we're still going to like you said, you know, sell the merchandise, hold the trademark for for Chief Wahoo, um and we're still going to keep the name the Cleveland Indians and still be called the tribe, which is a which which, you know, is exploitation of a certain group of people. So yeah, it's like it just doesn't. If you're gonna do it, you go all in or or, or nothing at all. In my that's 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 my stance on it.
1: Well, what I've heard is is the trade off was this was the deal, and nobody will actually say this, but this is my understanding is Major League Baseball was pushing to get rid of Chief Wahoo. The Indians said, look. Major League Baseball wanted them to get rid of it all. Uh, The Indians basically said, look, you know, we could live without Chief Wahoo, but, you know, if you make us change the name, all hell's going to break loose here. You remember what happened with the Browns. You know, it'll be just as bad. You're able to lose the whole deal. In a town that really you're the second team anyway. And Major League Baseball said, "Well, you know, we're not going to give you this All Star Game if you don't get rid of Chief Wahoo." Which I think, if if you traded Chief Wahoo for one All Star Game, that was pretty short sighted on your part. That, that's <laughs> sure. I, I mean that, that's that's really dumb. If indeed that was the case, you traded one weekend, and, and it was a and look, that's a substantial amount of money. I mean, the city of Cleveland and, the, and Northeast Ohio will make a substantial amount of money off of that all-star game weekend. But let's uh, it, But basically if indeed that's the case that you traded that off that's not really a good trade-off because it's very short-sighted thinking. Oh man! I, mean, I I mean and 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 I myself and look and I I have a little American Indian in me. I, I'm not I I I don't think Chief Wahoo is that offensive. I can kind of see it, particularly if you and you'll you can see it online today with you know the early I think the early versions of Chief Wahoo were pretty bad. <laughs> I, mean, I I can- yeah you know, I can kind of see those those nineteen forties versions, yeah, those are pretty bad uh and and I think there probably could be some ways that maybe he could be perhaps brought up to speed a little better you know uh maybe there be there could be some ways to um, modernize him a bit, maybe there'd be. There could have been some ways to bring him in with some Native American people to say, "Hey, look, what can we do better? Is there some ways that we could what would make uh, your organizations be a little happier with him? what would what, what would make you feel that he was a better representation of of your people? you know what would be a better you know and, and maybe there's not maybe there's not a way to make maybe there's not a way to make that happen." But, you know, I would have liked to have seen someone try. But uh, it is what it is. But I, I just think it smacks, you know, like you said, you're either all in or you're all out. You're more than willing to take the money by selling the stuff. But he's not – but you don't want to put it on the uniform. I just think that's – you know, you're trying to have it both ways. But that's that's pro sports in
0: general. Oh, man. It is what it is, man. At the end of the day, you know, it comes down to comes down to that money. And um, that that's what it, where does, decisions that are it made. does. Yeah. So what else, man? We got 10 minutes left. Our last live show, Sean. Now one damn person called in. What the hell's up with these people? <laughs> we must. We, Fred Landucci told me
1: tonight that he was that he was going to try to call, but he was, he was also that, that he was very tired. That he, because oh, okay. uh, I talked to him briefly today, so he's able to, he he is able to be very tired and wake up and discover that he has missed the last live show, and he's oh. able to be losing his mind. So, uh, Fred, if that's the case, you're going to be pretty upset when you hear this. Um, I I would say. Oh, let, let's say. Let me ask you this: What was uh, of the live shows? And 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 I would imagine you know we could still work out guests, and I would imagine,
0: don't you think? For sure.
1: Yeah. We could still bring people in on on three way calls and stuff, couldn't we?
0: Yeah, we're still going to use the same um, same setup. It's just not going to be live. You know, we we yeah. can we can actually record podcasts in the same exact. Um the same exact format as we do now, we just won't be taking live calls.
1: So we could just have somebody, we could just bring somebody in and we could uh, have them just sit in on the show. Yeah. yeah so of all sure. the, all the shows we've had. So uh, what's been the, uh, what's been your best experience with the show?
0: Oof, man, that's a great question. Um, my best experience. Um, one that I think I'm always going to remember um, which I can tell you know my daughter's about, which I can tell my brothers about is the fact that we had the opportunity to have al Bernstein as a as a um as a guest to me that's like a bucket list type of thing um for as much as i've watched al you know since I became a fan of the sport and and to be able to to talk to him and, and really relay ideas back and forth. And he was such a great guest, man. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't seem like he was bigger than life. You know, he just seemed like, you know, a regular guy who loves the sport of boxing. So that was, that was, that was probably the one I remember the most. We've had some amazing, amazing episodes, but that's the one that I think will always resonate by you.
1: And that, that was a special one to me. Cause, uh, I remember the first. I, I remember when I when we first got cable at my house, and I didn't have any idea who this guy was, and he was doing the ESPN shows, and uh, that that was a big deal to be able to get it. And and the, what was really great was is I remember how we got Al on the show. Was I just sent him a, a, a just you you're, when you do these type of things and you you expect sometimes to deal with people and you look at some of them as being, you don't necessarily expect them to be real people. You think, oh, you know, they're big time and you're a regular person and they look, might look at you as, Oh, I'll talk to my agent or talk to my whoever or talk to, you know, and you know, oh, sure. Yeah. It, it was just all so smooth. And, you know, I, I, Never dreamed that it would be that smooth and that like a regular guy. And uh you know, it was it was it was a pretty special experience for me too.
0: It was all, and, and you know that and there was some you know, having Steve Kim on the show was was awesome. Um you know, Dan you know, Dan uh a couple shows ago to talk about his book was awesome. Um who am I missing uh uh Beto du- Beto Duran? We had him on the show, right?
1: Yes, we did. We did. Uh, yes.
0: That was. It, I, it, it, it actually, was, I did I wasn't. I wasn't even on that one, but I remember listening to it and just like, wow, that's a, that was a great show as well. We had him on the
1: show because I was trying to get Jessica Rosales, and she said, "Well, I can't, but how about I? How about I send Ben to? Adder- <laughs> oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. It was uh, it's it's been an interesting run, and and I and I'll miss the live show aspect of it. I I, I will, but in many ways, with the exception of talking to Landucci, uh, it's not going to be that much different, is it?
0: It's really not. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, just just ba- we, we, I mean, it won't be every Monday night. You know, it'll be a little more sporadic, but. Um. Here, I mean, there's some benefits to it as well. I mean, well, you know, we can we can do the show anytime. You know, we could drop it anytime. Uh, you know, things of that nature. I don't have to I worry about blog talk messing crap up. I can edit it. You know, that you know that helps as well instead of doing everything on the fly.
1: I think it's going to really benefit in the summertime. For uh, where last year we had that hiatus, I think it's right. going to come in handy around that time. And uh, and uh, you know, and I think we'll we'll have the benefit of being able to say, hey, you know what, you know, we want to go. Yeah, uh, you want to go two hours. You want to go one hour. You want to go two and a half. You want to go what? You know, you can do what you want.
0: Sean, do you know what the most listened to episode we ever had was? Take a guess.
1: It'll probably be something goofy, I
0: guess. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I have no idea. Go ahead.
0: Uh, September twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, episode fifty two. Steve Kim from UCN joins us to talk the fight game. Had the most listens out of any one of our shows. Well,
1: uh, it's probably because he retweets us a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 right.
1: <laughs> Steve is really great uh, to fight heads and and to me personally, he um, any more with uh, at, at the TRS blog. The boxing stuff is the is the the boxing stuff on the blog was always the stuff was the lowest nobody cared. It was basically you, me, and maybe Landucci and <laughs> nobody cared. And all of a sudden over the last 2 or 3 months, Steve starts retweeting my stuff and now it's the most popular stuff on the site. Wow. And, you know, so Steve has been a huge help as far as that goes. And uh, now all of a sudden people think Steve and I are the are these great friends and we have never spoken a word to each other uh, off of Twitter except for the one night on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, man. Crazy other than stuff. he thinks I'm funny and uh, I, I'm a great fan of his work.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And and it's it's really funny that we talk uh, when I when I do talk to people that have listened to the show through the years, the uh, the people that have listened to it, it, it it's it's odd that it's always the same questions again and again about the show. It, it mm-hmm. the people that have listened for a while, it's always uh, how long have you? It's always the same stuff. From different people, it's uh, uh, how well do you and Ramon? Are you and Ramon good friends? Yeah, we are. Um, is Fred Landucci really as crazy as he seems to be on the air? <laughs> uh, are you? And, and I said, Fred and I are great friends, and 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 yes, Fred's a great guy. And and then and then every once in a while, I'll, I'll, then and then I start getting questions about uh, the actual show. Um, And, and the, like I said, I've said this a million times, the one thing, the one consistent question is, it's it always comes back to the people that have listened to way back in the beginning, it, it it's always about Jamie Maggio. I, I bet you I've answered 25
0: questions about that, about that episode. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you all for, for for listening live, but we ain't going anywhere, man. We got the podcast. The podcast. We're going to do some fun stuff with it as well. Um, real quick, man, just wanted to say, we've had fans in Mexico, Canada. 14% of our listenership is in Japan. 30% Australia.
1: Yeah, my man Jake fans. Forster
0: down there. Yes, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, man. So thank you for all you've done. We've had... Uh, you know, just, just We've built such a great community and a great band. Uh, but continue to follow us. Follow me on Twitter at rl melpica. Follow Sean at Thoughts of RS and get ready for that Fight Heads podcast. Sean, say your goodbyes, and, um, you know, we'll be back.
1: Hang with us. We're still around. Hang with us.
0: And uh, we still got 30 seconds. I guess I played the, the music a little <laughs>
1: Well, seriously, oh, ha- hang with us, folks. I mean, the podcast will still be around, so don't think just because uh, you might not be able to hook us up every Monday night, but we'll still be around. Just make sure you listen to us every week. It'll still be around.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. And after. Um, and if you know, want some us around that damn up.
1: bad, you can send Ramon Malpica a check at.
0: <laughs> at RL Malpica. Y'all be good. <laughs> That's right.
1: You, you want us that bad? You can send us a check at.